River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Niner Nuts. We're back. Thank you. Thank you so much for patience. If you've been eagerly anticipating us talking, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for that. Just right off the bat. Uh, I'm the reason that we were, we extended our hiatus a little bit. Um, I had some family emergencies that came up. I won't go into more detail than that, but, um, but yeah, we appreciate the patience. We're sorry we weren't here to talk about the win against the Chargers, but we pulled it off and now we have flown to Mexico City for Monday Night Football in Stadium Azteca and we came out on top. We are 4-0 against the division, 6-4 overall, back on top of the NFC West. James is here with me to celebrate. James, say hello. It is so good to be back on mic. Can we play all games in Mexico City and have that be our home field? Because, like, I mean, that was just amazing. Like, just the way the crowd showed up, um, you know, and just, you know, it 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 was a great experience watching that game. Just... You know, seven thousand feet above sea level. You know, just oh, like, they they. I I really didn't believe it at first when um when they were saying that like a uh, vivid seed or Ticketmaster whoever was saying that there was going to be eighty to eighty five thousand out of a hundred thousand forty nine er fans. I did. I really didn't believe it. I was just like, okay, we'll just we'll see what happens in reality. And reality proved it. there were so many forty ers fans. At that at that stadium in Mexico, it was. It, I felt really bad for the Cardinals a little bit um, because this was supposed to be their home, be a game. home game. Yeah. And now that now when we play them again in the season finale in January, they will come to the Bay Area, and I just a part of me is just like, okay, that it wasn't meant to be like that. It was supposed to be neutral field, but like at the same time, it's just like, hey, wow, you guys got kind of screwed on this, didn't you? Well, that <laughs> you know that that sort of makes. I mean, we, you know, normally you get three, you know, uh, home, you know, you get, what is it, three home games. And with the fact that we faced the Rams in in, uh, L.A., which is a home game basically for the 49ers, and we faced the Cardinals, you know, that's two extra home games. You basically pretty pretty basi- much. We basically had five home division games. I've lit- I've literally already forgotten just because of how crazy my last two weeks have been. Uh, we hosted the Chargers, right? Yeah, I, I think that was yeah. That. yeah yeah no uh two we stayed we stayed on the West Coast. It was at L.A. quote unquote, and then we hosted the Chargers. Yeah, um, but no, our our schedule is just. I was looking at it before we started taping, just like, we can talk about the schedule at the end of it, but like, since the bye week, our schedule is so ridiculously in our favor. <laughs> <laughs> but we can save that for the end. We got to talk about uh, what went down in Mexico City at 7,000 uh, feet above sea level. Jimmy Garoppolo was so on point. I I was so... I was. I feel like I've been saying it all year. If not, I'll say it again. Jimmy G is really. He and Kyle are so in sync this year, and the offensive line and the weapons around him. It's finally. He he does. It's it's finally reached this point where it's such a perfect marriage of understanding of what Jimmy's skill set is and adapting to it and giving him all the reasons and the weapons in the world to to succeed. And it's coming to fruition, especially these last three weeks. The Chargers and uh, the Rams, and now Jimmy's uh, passer rating, because you love the passer rating, it was 131.9, basically 132. He only had nine incompletions, no picks. He didn't even take a sack, and he threw four touchdowns, two to uh, George Kittle, two to Brandon Ayuk, and just, it was a little at the, during the first quarter, I was I was a little bit like, oh, is this going to go like the Chargers game, uh, where we're going to be so sluggish and just have to, went out a nasty, just ugly game. Because usually with the Cardinals, they're a little bit more competitive than that recently. Like, they've beaten us a handful of times. But, no, oh, my God. Like, after the first quarter, it 
we finally blossomed into this offense that everybody was saying that we should have been when we traded for Christian, uh, what, three weeks ago. But patience and practice have paid off. And, oh, my God, like, this isn't we beat a team that we should have beat. And, yeah, they're injured, but everybody's injured. This is what you expect with a team in the state that the Cardinals are in, starting Colt McCoy, no Hollywood Brown, a couple defensive players out. We didn't just beat them by, like, 10 points. This is a beat down. And that's why I'm as excited as I am looking at this at this team now because it wasn't just we took care of business. Like, we took care of business and then some. The ball got passed around so, so much. I'll, I'll read this one last statistic and then please chime in. Uh, George Kittle, 84 yards, two receiving touchdowns, the most production he's had all year. Debo Samuel, his biggest game in a long time this year. He had the rushing touchdown and 94 total yards. Brandon Ayew, two touchdowns on two catches. His only two catches were touchdowns. And then Christian McCaffrey, he didn't find the end zone, but he had another 100 total yard game, 106 yards. Oh, my God. This was just the culmination of everything going right for this offense. Everybody's finally in sync and clicking, and Kyle Shanahan looks like this mad genius again. And it's, <laughs> I don't know what else to say, man, at least for the offense. It was A+. plus. Everybody looked amazing. Even Elijah Mitchell. It's so wonderful to have that one-two punch between Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey, like we were hoping, and just right out of the gate, even last week against the Chargers. Like, yeah, for fantasy, our team sucks. Like, you can't cherry-pick anybody because – it's just who's winning their matchups. So fantasy, this sucks. But in reality, I oh my god, this was as as great a win as you as you could ask for. How often do you beat down a team thirty eight to ten? <laughs> exactly. Did you hear the news that came out uh, not too long ago about the running backs uh, or the assistant coach, the uh, the run game coordinator for the Cardinals? Like what happened before the game? Not what he did i saw he got fired literally listeners yeah like half an hour ago i saw that on my phone but um did you did you see what he did still not out as to what the incident was or the nature of the incident but yeah he was fired uh monday morning before the game for whatever reason so that just tells you the sad disarray that the cardinals are in and when you're in that bad and you're the 49ers, and you're this good, you're exactly right, Dan. This is what should happen. 38 to 10 is what should happen. And, you you know, this shows that the 49ers are legit. You know, I think the 49ers are, you know, the second-best team in the NFC. I don't care what you say about the Vikings or the Cowboys or anything like that. The 49ers— Or the, or, <laughs> or the Eagles— after squeaking I mean, out a one-point win against the Colts? <laughs> well, yeah. The thing about the Eagles is that they could look crappy and still win. So, I mean, that's that's just sort of where we're at right now. <laughs> but, I mean, the 49ers are obviously in the upper echelon in the NFC. And they're the team that I think, like even the Eagles, I don't think the Eagles really want to see the 49ers, you know, come to town or, you know, whatnot because it's going to be a hard-fought game and you you don't know what you're going to get with the 49ers you don't know you know they have so many weapons on offense they have a great offensive line um you know and so they have a good run game you know if jimmy's on you know and i think like if you if we look at it like the 49ers just the way they run their offense and the way jimmy is like their offense fits well against the Eagles defense. Like the key to the key to the Eagles defense is don't give up big plays. Well the 49ers don't really have like deep they, Jimmy doesn't take shots downfield a lot. It's not about a big passing play. It's about the way it is right now is sort of like dink and dunk down the field and get it going. And that's what the 49ers do and that's what the Eagles are susceptible. That's the Eagles defense basically says we put two safeties in you know two high safeties and that's it throw throw over the middle all you want whatever eventually you're going to make a mistake that's what the eagles pray for <laughs> you know and that's what they do and so if jimmy can man i mean this the way jimmy manages the offense and the way the offense is built 
and the fact that the 49ers have a good run game, all of that, like, you know, the clash is going to be, you know, if they meet in the playoffs, like, whoever wins that game is probably going to the Super Bowl. Is my well, opinion. who? Well, the thing is, though, it, that's that's right. It's set up in a way to make the game as easy as possible for Jimmy. I've been pra- I've been singing the praises of this offensive line. You saw it last night. No sacks. They they held him upright so well, and they open up the run lanes so easily for Christian and Elijah now. And one of my favorite plays from last night was uh, this uh, this whatever uh, not dump out, but that's not the right term. But like he basically threw a not a, a, a kind of screen to Christian McCaffrey, and his blockers in front of him are Kyle Uzcheck and Trent Williams. Like, dude, good <laughs> luck. Good luck stopping that. Yeah. And then there was a screen later to 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 George Kittle that was going viral. His second touchdown, the 39 or 37 yard scamper, tight roping the sideline. He only got it because blocks. And that's something that Kyle really emphasizes is that if you're out in the open field and you know you're not getting targeted, you look at the guy directly in front of you and you grab him, you block him, you make sure he doesn't get in the way of the guy behind you. That's something that he really emphasizes with his offense. But um, what I was trying to say first, though, was uh, Jimmy. Yeah, it's set up so he allows the playmakers to show why they're playmakers and make the plays for him. But a couple times last night when he had to make the call, when he had to come up to the plate and make the play himself, he did it. Like, he over he, – he, I can't remember a single really egregious overthrow – except the one where he just barely missed Juwan Jennings on a deep fade. But uh, Brandon Ayuk's first touchdown, how hard he threw that slant over the middle to him. That was all Jimmy. Like, yeah, Brandon had to improvise to get open, but once he saw Brandon was open, boom, as hard as he could, and he nailed Brandon. And then the the hot potato scramble drill to George Kittle for his first touchdown. That was Jim, Jimmy standing in the pocket just... He's he knows he's been disciplined enough now. It took five years to get here, but he's been playing so disciplined this year to like don't force it, don't force it, do not force it. And so yeah, it was an ugly pass. It was a hot potato. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he found Kittle. He found his man. And the, George Kittle's an all-pro. Once he gets the ball, he goes all pro. And yeah, catch me if you can. And he goes all the way to the end zone. That's how this offense succeeds is Jimmy doesn't panic, he stands strong, he trusts the offensive line, and he trusts his receivers that someone is going to get open. That someone is going to get open, and he gives them the opportunity to make the play improve why they deserve the big bucks like Debo and George do. And, excuse me, and Christian now, which, by the way, Christian McCaffrey, so many of his seven catches for 67 yards, and he was— the security blanket that we all expected him to be. And he is filling that role so perfectly. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a Carolina fan, so I don't, I, I know he was doing this, but like to see it, see it in person again, I know I've said this before, but God, Christian is so worth every single penny. We we're going to have to end up paying him in the draft capital. We did pay to get him now. I'm just, uh, I'm so happy he's here. <laughs> he really has made such a big difference. Well, we did get one of those, Fifth round, we did get one of those picks back when we traded Jeff Wilson. So, um, oh, so that's, that's true. Yeah. So, like, basically, we gave up. You you look at the 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 weight of it. We gave up Jeff Wilson and three draft picks for uh, Christian McCaffrey. When when we look at it all said and done, so really not that bad, you know, of a trade. Um, definitely not, and. I mean, this is, you know, this team and the way this team is built and, you know, we have, it's so hard to win a Super Bowl. It's so hard to even get to a Super Bowl. And so when John Lynch made this trade for Christian McCaffrey, he knew that his window was very, very small to go for it all. And so he just said, we're going to, we're going to have to outduel the Rams and improve our team at least for this window that we have so that we can we can go for it all and you know it's it's paying off you know uh and hopefully this will continue because 
the I think the 49ers are the most dangerous team in the NFC. The record doesn't show it, but compared to the other teams who are in the race for the playoffs, they're the most dangerous team because they've won, they've been there before. They've gone like this whole team we have like 15 people on the roster from 2019 still. That's a huge chunk of players out of 53 that all still have that Super Bowl etched into their memory. They have they've they've won playoff games, they've won playoff games in the road. You know, they've you know, they've they've done what they've had to during the playoffs and the way this team is run and the way things are going, the only people who can really stop them are themselves. And the only the only thing Kyle, <laughs> Kyle. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Kyle not being aggressive enough. That's that that's where it's gonna all hinge upon. Like cause Kyle plays not to lose. He he just he just plays not to lose. He's not this aggressive guy, go for it on fourth down type of guy. Which not the, this not this week at least, but yes. <laughs> which the, yeah, which the which the league is trending to, you know, the league is trending to coaches that go for it more on fourth down, and we've talked about this before. Like the first drive of the game is fourth and three, you know, from the you know fourth and goal from the three yard line, and you're kicking field goals. Like, you know, that's that's not the way. You need to be more aggressive in the NFL, and that's sort of where things are going to get tricky for Kyle and he you know I I think he's going to be stubborn I think he's going to stick to his ways to not to lose and you just hope you just hope that you it'll it'll get you there because a guy like Nick Sirianni he'll run it on third and five between the 40s because he knows if he gets three yards and gets two he's calling for it on fourth down you know, and so oh yeah, you, you've told me before about how aggressive he is. Like if he's if he's within kicking distance, he's gonna go for it if it's less than four and three. Yeah, and then also and also like another thing Kyle didn't do that coaches are doing nowadays to be more aggressive and to really you know go for things and really work things is there was a penalty on the extra point. After uh, after one of the touchdowns, the 49ers have now a penalty on the extra point. Yeah, if you kick if you kick it through the uprights, you get one point. You assess it on the kickoff. But what what the f for? Why do you assess Why do you assess it off the kickoff? Your your kicker's probably going to kick it in the end zone anyway. So yeah, why, even why, outside of Mexico, yeah. So it it I mean it makes no it makes no sense to kick the one point get the one point and then assess the penalty on the kickoff when if you if you accept the penalty on the extra point you get it at the one yard line and then if you get into the end zone you get an extra point you know and that's analytics says to do that because the risk the reward far outweighs the risk you're 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 getting you're going one yard to gain an extra point you know in 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 the sense, you know, you instead of getting one point, you get two points. So those types of things that Kyle isn't doing are could cost him a game against somebody like Sirianni, or I even think the coach from Minnesota. I think he's a little bit more aggressive on fourth down too, because he's sort of young. I don't know. I haven't watched all their games. But you get a coach that's a little bit more aggressive on fourth downs, and this is where Kyle's probably going to struggle, you know. And well, we you don't know, need that, to worry. We don't need to worry about Minnesota as long as the game is after one o'clock. If it's a four or eight <laughs> o'clock game, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, that was that was the easiest pick in the world this week, Dallas, <laughs> Dallas over Minnesota because it was at four twenty-five. Like, oh yeah, yeah that's all. You, that's all you got to see for the Minnesota schedule. You could have saw the schedule. Uh, back in April and count how many primetime games they are and guaranteed losses on all of them. <laughs> Just, yeah. what, Kirk Cousins has won only twice in primetime, I think, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so ridiculous how, how bad he is in primetime. And so, I mean, even a four o'clock game, it's like, come on, oh, man. We, we, played Minnesota. Out. we played Minnesota. 
in uh, in California, we played him at, at four o'clock, and the same thing happened. Like it just, I don't know. I've never seen a quarterback literally be Cinderella, but after four o'clock is when you turn back into the, the hobo <laughs> and the pumpkin. Like it's and, it's and the, it's ridiculous. And the funny thing is, it's one o'clock in San Francisco. You know, I know. one o'clock. But because they put that game on as game of the week, because it's four o'clock on the East Coast, like he can't, he just can't win. No, it's. it's, it's <laughs> anyway, um, what you were saying about—I um, can't even remember how I was going to segue this. The—I the, think you were saying something about the dominance. I want to use dominance to segue into the defense because we've been louding this offense. We got to loud this defense a little bit too because something's finally, finally clicking. These last three weeks, we have not allowed a single second-half point three weeks in a row now. Rams, Chargers, now Cardinals. Say what you will about them, that the Chargers was the best out of those three teams. I don't I don't care. That's still a statement that three weeks in a row, kind of like how we went, what, four games in a row without allowing a first half score. Now we're getting back to uh, making some phenomenal adjustments after halftime. D'Amico Ryan's all the credit in the world for whatever you do on halftime. Three games in a row now, not a single point given up, even a field goal in the second half. Well, yeah. Like, I don't care that this was Colt McCoy. He still had D-Hop. Uh, Dude, or whatever his name was, that dude that cut off like a 50-yard pass on us because they didn't blow, they didn't blow that play dead, that dude, like, I, they got they had enough talent on the roster. They should have put up more than 10 points. That's what I'm saying. So well, I, I mean, at one point, this game was 14 to 10, you know? Oh, yeah. At one, oh, yeah. At one the, point, the this game was 14. Half, yeah. In the first half, it was 14 to 10. So you're thinking, all right, is – you know, it's the fact that this is in Mexico City, high altitude. The fact that it's yeah, the players were having to players were having to take uh, oxygen breaks a lot in the first half. Yeah, you were you know you were thinking like, okay, you know, could this, you know, could this be affecting the 49ers? And then the next thing you know, they re- reel off 24 straight points, and that's the end of the game. The defense holds the Cardinals to to 10 points. You know, that's it. That's all they scored. They scored on the, the first couple, like two out of their first three drives. And then that was it. They, they got shut down the rest of the rest of the way. And, you know, that is a credit to D'Amico Ryan's. It's a credit to the players on defense for executing D'Amico Ryan's plans, because we've talked on this show that, you know, you don't want to get 17 points is where the bar is at. And you just gave up 10 points for the whole entirety of the game. Like, it's a stout defense, no doubt. You know, oh, yeah, we're still – we're. I think we're still top five scoring defense. I think we're still top five. Uh, we were 10th in passing defense, and we sure played better than 10th, in my opinion, this week. Um, we are number one in the run, and after this week, we're definitely still number one in the run because James Conner couldn't do jack without getting placed literally at the one-yard line to score. He couldn't do anything outside of that. So I um, – we also give up the fewest first downs. We allowed the fewest yards per play on average, I think, too. I might be wrong on that, or it might be a specific run or pass. But but no, now that we're finally starting to get healthy, D'Amador Lenore is holding down his own, while uh, Charvarius Ward is the number one corner still. And shout out to Charvarius. He went up against D-Hop for most of the game, and yeah, nine for 90. But you held D-Hop under 100 yards. I huge moral victory there. He he knew the challenge and he stood up and he fought. I love this guy. And our linebackers were all back and finally healthy. We didn't have one thrown out on a BS penalty. So <laughs> Greenlaw, Alshair and Warner, best middle linebacker group in the league. I will die on that anthill. We have the best linebackers in the league. Tayshawn Gibson and Telanoa Hufunga still are lockdowns at safety. Uh Womack the guy that I've been salivating over, just a, I'm I, I'm so happy we have him for at least another three years. He was boss on special teams again. He consistently has made at least one great play on punt coverage, pinning the ball back behind the twenty. He also had his first career interception after he had to come in for uh, an injured Jimmy Ward. And he nearly I, had a pick six. Uh, yeah, I I love. If he catches that that interception, he's going to the house. You know, like that that one play to the sideline. I forget. It was in the fourth quarter, and they were just you know dinking and dunking. He read the play right, broke on the ball, 
He just he got his hands up a little bit too late, but if he catches that, the anticipation, boom, he's he's in the end zone for a pick six. But well, then yeah. he still he still caught it in the end zone. Like yeah, it was their backup quarterback. I don't I, I don't care. I love I love Womack. I hope. Uh, I, I I I I don't know. I guess he's fine as the backup right now because we still got Ward and next year Ward's probably going to get cut. Just just a business decision. I don't know if Ward's going to be with us next year, but. If that opens the door for Womack, I, I, I'm so excited for him. I love this guy. Like I said, he's amazing on special teams. I think he could be a really, really good, uh, like a nickel corner, like what Ward's basically been, not demoted, that makes it sound bad, but what Ward's basically been doing this year, I love that kid. And then our other Ward, I and our defensive line too, Our huge shout out to our defensive line. Nick Bosa, 10 and a half sacks, even though he's played nine games this year. And then all the, even without Epicom, which I was a little bummed out we didn't have Epicom. I was a little worried about it, but you know what? It didn't matter. We got all up in Colt McCoy's face from the second quarter on because he he was okay in the first quarter. But once we started getting into their heads in the second quarter and we just started ripping off um, touchdown after touchdown after touchdown on offense, you could see it was getting under his skin and he was rushing plays. He was, um, our defense was jazzed up. The pass rush was starting to get to him the op- because their offensive line was getting a little tired. They just, you, you could tell very, very fast um, in the third quarter that, yeah, it was basically going to turn into a high school game. Let's just run the clock. Let's get the backups up out there. Like, this is a lost cause from the Cardinals' point of view. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a credit to the defense, what I'm trying to say. The bigger thing, just Top to, top to bottom, every single safeties, linebackers, defensive linemen, everybody was amazing on defense. And, yeah, it's just a further testament that D'Amico Ryan's is probably going to be a head coach next year. And I'm so thankful he wasn't this year. Because <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we get a ring out of this. But, but here's you know, the, here's, he's going to be a head coach next year. He will. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, you know, because if if you do lose them, you know who's, you know who's out on the market currently right now? That nobody that nobody has that he's just being a consultant for other defensive coordinators right now. Oh, Vic, oh, Vic. Vic. Vic Fangio is coming back to the coordinator position. He's going to be highly sought. And oh yeah, he was. He he was amazing for us before he went to Denver. So, I I think maybe the relationship with the 49ers that he has, he's gonna he's gonna he might end up coming back. Uh, when D'Amico Ryan's gets uh, a head coaching gig, so. Oh, I thought you were. <laughs> I misheard what you were saying. I thought you were saying that Ryan's was going to poach him to be his defensive coordinator for whatever team he goes to. No, not that, not that we'd have a Fangio reunion. Oh my God. <laughs> I think you could have a Fangio reunion. I think you could. Like I think it'd be possible because he's out there right now and he's he's consulting a whole bunch of teams. And we, some, we invited him to training camp. I remember that. And yeah, and some of these teams, because of their because of the advice they're getting from Vic Fangio, are going to lose their defensive coordinator. And um, you know, I mean, you have Jonathan Gannon in Philly, who, um, you know, he's he got noticed last year for head coaching jobs, and after this year, he's probably going to be on the li- on the short list again. Um, and so, you know, Vic Fangio. He's going to have his, he's going to, you know, all these teams that he consulted for, he's going to have his pick as to where he wants to go. And the 49ers and the relationship he has with the 49ers, he just may come back to the 49ers and will be, you guys will be a stout defense all, all over again. It's like, so, I mean. Well, yeah, the, the likelihood of us lucking out like how we did with um, going from Robert Sala to D'Amico Ryan's. You, you cannot bet that that's going to happen a third time. I mean, in the Kyle Shanahan tree, those odds are the best odds you're going to have outside of, like, Sean McVay's or, um, oh, God, I'm trying to think. I can't even think of another, like, maybe. Andy Reid. Andy Reid, there we go. Andy Reid. I was going to say not necessarily Belichick, but, um, but no, the, the odds are in your favor more than any other coach, really. But, no, it, if we promote from within, I cannot imagine. Like, the talent is there. The talent will mask a few things, but I can't imagine we get lucky three times in a row uh, promoting within. And being on our, what, our third defensive coordinator in four years? 
Like, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 insane. That kind of turnover. But at the same time, that's a credit to Kyle because Kyle having more say than John on the coaching staff. Kyle has just as good an eye for coaches as John does for players, really. Yeah. Yeah, and especially defensive players. John played defense, so he he's good at scouting uh, defensive players. And, you know, the offensive players, you, you know, I mean, he just – he's good at building a roster. And he's good at building a team. and He's good at maintaining know, those relationships, too. And like, remember – yeah, maintaining those relationships. I mean, look how people – we're going nuts over the fact that Jimmy G wasn't traded, you know, after a certain point, you know, and John was like, I'm holding out for the best deal, but if the best deal doesn't come, I, I have this in my back pocket where I'm going to have him come in and be our backup for a year with this team because, you know, we need, you know, if something happens to trade, which it did, we have a guy here who's helped us before. So, John, I think John is definitely one of the best GMs in the league for being able to pull that off and do that and pull, you know. Oh, and not letting the relationship fall apart with Debo, just waiting to see how the rest of the market went first and then getting Debo to go under the market still. Like, oh my God, that was amazing in itself. That, but I... I mean, it's, I mean, you know, this team is a really, really good team. It's going to make a playoff run. We'll see how far they go, but I'm oh, telling you, right. I'm telling you, on top of the Seahawks, finally. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it like this. I'm an Eagles fan. I love my team. Of course, I think we're the best in the NFC. But the team that I don't want to see in the playoffs is not the Cowboys. It's not the Vikings. I don't want to see the 49ers anywhere near Philadelphia because, like, it's going to be, like. I mean, it's going to be a tough game, and I, I would, I would does, think. Does our, does our defense genuinely scare you? Like over these uh, ten weeks that we've watched both the games, well, not together, but like over over these ten weeks, like does this defense legit terrify the actual Eagles fan in you? Really, what really what terrifies me is is what you would do to our defense because your main your. You have Debo Samuels, you have George Kittle, who um, who make plays after the catch. And the Eagles are, are secondary. Like, you get to the second level, past those linebackers, they don't tackle. They're not good tacklers. Like, and, like, somebody, you know, once you get past the linebackers, yeah, it's... So I'm scared of your offense against our defense. Like, our defense is pretty decent, but at the same time, they're susceptible to the run, although we'll see now that they got Sue and Joseph. Um, but, yeah, I mean, still, the you got to look at, like, not only do they have an offense that, you know, will challenge our defense, they, they also have been there before. A lot of these players, like you said, 15 players still from 2019 that have been on this roster. So this team has played playoff games on the road and has won. You know, that's sort of where, like, I get scared. Like Dallas. Right, in the, 30, in the easily 30, not for, probably not 40, but at least 30, 35 players that were on the conference championship team last year. Exactly. This team, this team, this 49ers team is battle tested throughout the playoffs, road games. They've been, they've hard, they've, they've won hard nose fought road games in the winter. You know, we saw it last year when we went to the game, snowing in Lambeau, didn't even matter going against Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. They, they won, they won that game without even scoring an offensive touchdown, you know? By the so, skin of their teeth, we pulled it out. <laughs> but that's that's the thing. This that's the way this this team this team is tough, and they can win on the road, and especially in the playoffs. So yeah, I mean the Eagles, the Eagles may get the number one seed, and they probably will. But you tell me the 49ers are coming to the town to play us in the divisional round or the NFC Championship round. It's not like me looking at the Vikings or the Dallas Cowboys or, you know, the even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come to come to the Eagles, like I'm, I'm not even Tom Brady is not 
that good anymore, and I'm really not scared of the Bucks. You know. Thank you for finally yes. What have I been saying since the what the first month of the season when the the, the Bucks were in the state that they were in? Yeah, they were injured and they're not as injured anymore. But I I don't believe in post divorce Tom Brady. I still think the Bucks are incredibly susceptible. So thank you for finally agreeing with me. <laughs> yeah, like like I mean, come on, like I'm you know the Eagles the Eagles can handle all those teams. The one and and this is not just you know my own opinion. And I'm the only one who thinks this way. A lot of people in the Philadelphia media think that the one team that we should be concerned about in the playoffs is the 49ers. And they're absolutely right. I mean, this team, this team is scary, you know, with the, you know, to be in the playoffs against. And, you know, I do think the Eagles will be favored, you know, but I don't think they're going to be favored by much, you know, maybe a field goal. You know? Oh, it's it's going to be Vegas is going to be three points. That game that game is going to be decided by less than a touchdown. Yeah, I mean it's good. I mean the Eagles are going to get, you know, the fact that they have home field advantage, um, on on their side. But per, yeah, presumably, presumably, I'm not saying you won't. I yeah, it's very at this rate. Yeah, it's very likely that you're still going to hold on to that number one seed. I don't I don't see you guys losing that one seed. I will give you that. Yeah, you just, you're just so you're just so far ahead. The Vikings are definitely not going to catch you. We're so far behind, only at six wins. I am not dreaming that we're going to get the first seed. I think we're going to win a majority of these games the rest of the way. But just with how far you're ahead, like something catastrophic's got to happen to you guys for us to get to the number one seed. Well, we got. I mean, we still got the Giants twice. Cowboys in Dallas. Um, you figure, you know, even if we lose. You know, two of those games, two out of those three games, we'll still have three losses, but the Giants may be in a better off position because, so we just don't know. But I don't think, I'm not scared of the Giants. I'm not scared of the Cowboys. I'm not scared of Minnesota. Like, no, they're, it's, it's obviously going to be like the team to be scared of in the playoffs is going to be you know, the 49ers for the Eagles. And, and we're so, going to be, we're going to be right there behind you because our schedule is somewhat favorable too. the saints are up next. We have our three game home streak. My fi- the part of the schedule I was most looking forward to is finally here three home games in a row. Uh, saints, dolphins, bucks, Thursday night football. After that at Seattle, that's going to be a huge game that if the Seahawks get back to winning, that could decide the division. there. really like just being honest. That, that could decide the division. And then the commanders, I don't know what to expect with the Commanders. That game is not going to be a cakewalk anymore because Ron Rivera is finally getting that team rolling, and who knows what they're going to look like in another month on Christmas. And then we're in Vegas, and then the Cardinals come back to town for our uh, our season finale on uh, the eighth. Like, I think I I mean really the cards could fall in our favor that we win all these games too. I don't think we're going to win all these games. I I don't know what's going to happen with the Commanders. I could see that being a fluky game. Uh, the Seahawks. It's always hard to it's always hard to play in Seattle. That could be that could be a fluky game too. Uh, the Dolphins. They have so many weapons, and uh, uh, their head coach McDaniel's is so smart. He is just as smart as Kyle Shanahan. Like they're not going to be easy games, but the circumstances are favorable, is what I'm trying to say. Like we have so many games at home. We are not leaving the West Coast again. I don't think we're going to go undefeated, but we have a very very it's in our hands if we're going to get the number two seed or potentially even the number one seed. Like if something happens to you guys, it's, it's that cliche. It's in our hands and we control what we control. And the football gods and the schedule makers definitely want us to try to get the number two seed. (laughs) Yeah. At least the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. I think, um, I think, yeah. I mean, this home stretch coming up. You only have two more division games. One is still at home, you know. One is Seattle, which is Seattle at the very end of the season, or is it the Cardinals at the end of the season? Cardinals is the final game. Uh, Seattle is in uh, four weeks. It's a month out from now at Seattle Thursday Night Football. Yeah, so... So it'll have the primetime pop and circumstance around it, too, to make it even more, (laughs) to make it even more crazy. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll definitely, definitely see. But I think, you know, if you guys, I mean, we'll have, I mean, Minnesota could still theoretically end up with the two seed. Uh, 
because um, I, I don't know what their schedule looks like, but, you know, they got either the Bears, the Lions, or the Packers as their final game of the season. I know that much. Um, but their schedule may I'm, be well I may be looking at how many 1 o'clock games they have the rest of the year. Um, they are 8.30 primetime, like I thought with um, – when we were talking off mic, they are 8.30 this week for Thanksgiving. Then 1 o'clock Jets, uh, 1 o'clock Lions, 1 o'clock Colts, 1 o'clock Giants. So, oh no, uh, 4.30 Packers and then 1 o'clock Bears. So they got two division games to end their season at the Packers at 4.30 and then at the Bears at 1 o'clock. Yeah, so they're going to have, what, two other losses? So they're going to be... (laughs) Three, three, three if you count the Patriots in two days. Oh, yes. Oh, three, because the Patriots are in – that's the in pa- prime time? Yeah, the Patriots are coming to Minnesota, but because the game's at 830, that doesn't mean anything. So, yeah, they'll they'll lose this Thanksgiving game. They'll go on a one, two, three, four game win streak, and then 430 at the Packers, they're going to manage to fall apart, and then their season ends at 1 o'clock uh, at Chicago. So they're only going to lose – Three more games, or two, three more games. Two, no, two more, more. Two, yeah. more. two more. So they'll be, they'll be thirteen and four. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Colts fans. Uh, you're gonna lose that game, unfortunately, because Kirk Cousins is indestructible at one o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Thirteen and four. They'll be thirteen and four. But you guys already had four losses, so, um, so I would think you're probably yeah. At, at this rate, I honestly think that we're gonna be. Just looking at this, I think I don't. I'm not going to predict which two, but I think we're going to lose two of these games. So we're going to end up being, oh, I can't math right. We are we're uh, two more losses. That's six. I think we're going to be eleven or eleven and six. Your mics. You're still muted, sir. Yeah. So eleven and six. That's what we predicted at the beginning of the season. Like we predicted eleven and six. You know, and and that's a better record than we had last year. Yeah, you know that will probably, you know, that should get you into the playoff hunt. It should get you into the playoff picture, and oh, even, should, if, we, even even if Seattle somehow wins the division, you know that should get you. But I right. mean, you guys are in the driver's seat for the division, you know, and you know you beat the Seahawks once. And, you know, and I saw the Seahawks division record, like it's not as good as yours. I think it's one and two or something like that. Like their division we're, record. We're, in terms of division, we're the only team over 500 in strictly division games within the NFC West. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're probably going to win the the division, the division tiebreaker, even if you split with Seattle. So if you end up tied with Seattle – at the end of the season at 11 and six, you're probably going to get the division because you've had a better division record. Um, right. Even if we, even if we bungle this one in Seattle, no, it's still, um, it's still very much within our, within our grasp. Yeah. We just gotta, we just gotta make sure we beat the guys that we're supposed to be like the saints and uh, the, the, the Raiders and the commanders on paper, the commanders, I just say on paper. Uh, we got, we, <laughs> yeah. We Cause got, you never know. You never know what the commanders, t- Taylor Heineke, he, he gives you know Taylor passed me a Heineken. Yeah, I mean, Mister, I'll he'll give you a punt a puncher's chance, you know, in a game. But I mean, we we got to talk off mic about uh, getting draft uh, draft guru Steve on for that game. We can we can <laughs> t- that's Christmas week though, so that one will we'll we'll talk off mic about that because that might be logistically a little tricky. But uh, yeah, but no, we'll we'll talk off mic about that. But um, oh my god, I just. I, I don't even know what else to say other than I'm just so ridiculously proud of these guys, the way they played the game or they played the game yesterday. Cause we are technically taping on victory Tuesday. Uh, hopefully they're back and sleeping and resting from their flight back from Mexico right now. But, um, but no, they, I'm, I'm so proud of these guys, offense, defense, special teams, all three phases were amazing. I, I, I don't know game ball. I don't know who to give a specific game ball to like just Jimmy absolutely deserved one. I would personally give one to Womack, even though it was a small part of a much bigger victory. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't have any other notes for this. Do you happen to have any other notes? 
No, I, I didn't have any other notes about this. I thought it was a well-played game by the 49ers all around. Credit to um, Mexico City and the fans out there for making the game because that was just that was just incredible to hear that that stadium of 90,000, you know, 49er fans and oh, it's, oh suppo- it's, a, it's yeah. supposed to be a Cardinals home game. <laughs> Like, yeah, shout out to Mex- absolutely. Shout- thank you. Shout out to Mexico for putting on a, ph- a phenomenal event. The stadium looked amazing. They had an amazing turnout. It sounded like they had a lot of really cool things going on uh, pregame. That halftime show was really cool. Um, yeah, shout out to Mexico. I, I don't know. That looks. I, I I know it's not the first time that the NFL has gone there, but no, that that looks like it was. That looks like it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that looked like I, w- I definitely definitely a lot of fun um going on there um so i think with that we'll go to our sponsors um let's see let me get my uh, if you're in the rockledge florida area and you're looking for a home reach out to ali catino at madison allied real estate 321-698-4692 when i was shopping for a home i told ali how much i wanted to pay for a house and she respected my price range and did not try to persuade me to go above my budget she's a great realtor that will get you to a house that you love at a price you can afford that's ali catino at madison allied real estate 321-698-4692 321-698-4692 and that means jimmy b's long shot so um yes lay it on us what is vegas <laughs> saying is an interesting uh, bet for the week. Um, well, you know, since I thought we were going to record tomorrow, I hadn't really looked at it, but I'm still, I'm still looking <laughs> at um, some of the odds here. While and you do it, that, I, while you do that, yeah, I, can exp- I can explain. Oh, so sorry. can you? So can you? Can you tell me who leads the league in touchdowns and who is second in touchdowns, in passing touchdowns? Okay. Um, Passing touchdowns is Pat Mahomes right now. Uh, how many does he have? Oh God, how many? Um, does it? Does, can you? Uh, let me look it up. Oh, you want me to look? I thought you wanted me to guess. I'm sorry. No, I want you. I want you to look it up for me. Who? How many passing touchdowns does he have? Uh, Patrick Mahomes has. Um, no, for this for the season, not all time. Stupid. Uh, yeah. pa- Patrick Mahomes with 25 and Josh Allen with 20. Josh Allen is second with 20. Yeah. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers with 19, Joe Burrow with 18. Joe Burrow with 18, and Patrick Mahomes has 20. How many? Uh, Patrick is leading the way with 20. Oh, no, here we go. I. <clears throat> These are the correct numbers. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has 28, and Joe Burrow is second with 22. Josh Allen's third with 21. Mm, okay. Well, you, you know... 28 versus 22 you could go you can still get plus 800 on joe burrow winning most passing touchdowns um you know maybe maybe patty mahomes uh has a suffering streak and joe burrow just goes nuts um you can also get josh allen for plus 800 um so for the for the pat for the passing touchdown leader for the passing touchdown leader yeah you can't get that I'm trying to see. I can try to build a parlay here. Let me try to build a parlay. With Yo, football. Jimmy Jimmy is in a... Oh, wait, hold on. What position would that be? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's in a four-way tie for ninth with Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff, and Derek Carr, because all of them have 15 touchdowns. Oh, wow. Okay. So, no, right. he's not close to 28. But <laughs> after that four touchdown game last night, he definitely climbed up the climbed up there a little bit. Let's see what games we got this week. So he's also only got one more pick than Jalen Hurts at three and four. All right. So let's pick the. Um, While you're looking over that, do you want me to explain to the listeners why? <laughs> Why yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm building. I'm. I'm gonna build a parlay here, and see. Um, see what we get. So, in the midst of uh, what I mentioned on the top of the show, this, um, these little personal things I've been dealing with, I end up having to 
text James last night that I can still do the show, but uh, how late in the evening it was, technically early morning it was, my mind was still saying, my mind was still in Monday mode. James reads the text Tuesday thinking I'm saying let's tape on Wednesday. <laughs> so that was a little fun little uh, pre-tape. You call me, it's just like, wait, we're taping tomorrow. And I'm like, no, I I meant in my text we're taping tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was a whole, it was, God, it was just was a funny. funny miscommunication. <laughs> but no, how's the... No, how's that parlay coming along? Like, uh, Well, I got one, two, three. I usually pick six teams, so I got four right here. Um, can you – I don't know. I, I, I won't make you spoil, like, what it is. Like, once it's all set, I'm excited to see what this old parlay is that you're working on. Let me see. Let's is it see. sad that you don't have baseball to bet on anymore until what? I May? know. Yeah, I know. Oh, and then we're not looking at basketball either because neither of us watch basketball. Obviously, we do a football podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this parlay will get you plus 1,100, plus 1,100 odds. Um, I got – you bet the money line, Ravens over the Jaguars. Uh, Giants are getting plus 9.5 against the Cowboys. So I would take the Giants with the points there. They're saying the Giants will beat the Cowboys? No, they're saying that the Cowboys will beat the Giants by at least nine and a half. And oh, it won't be that it won't be that bad. No. I don't I, think it's I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be that bad. I, I take the Giants with the points. Um I I'd go under two. It's not it's not it's gonna be less than nine points. Yeah, so I take I take the Giants with plus plus nine and a half. Uh you're getting you're getting ten points with Detroit. In the Buffalo game, um, Detroit has won their last three games um, as well. They're playing at home on Thanksgiving. The Bills um, are playing on a short week as well, but they're playing on the road uh, and they're playing in Detroit. So, uh, well, they were just there and beat Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think a home crowd of Detroit Lions fans plus ten. I sort of like that line in the Lions' favor, so um, I'm going to I'm going to get you know I'm going to uh, take the Lions uh, at plus ten. Buccaneers to uh, beat the Cleveland Browns. This should be easy for the Buccaneers. And oh, that that one should be plus ten. That one that one should be plus ten. The Bucks are going to mop the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, it's minus one seventy five for them to beat the Browns. And then I got Kansas City over the Rams. Uh, I'm not taking the points on that one because it's like it's 14 and a half. <laughs> I don't know. 14 and a half seems like a lot of points to take and try to cover. They just let the Saints mop the floor with them. They are not good. The Ra- yeah. If it's if it was any question before, the Saints or the not the Saints, the Rams are awful this year. Yeah. I mean, you can get the money line with the Chiefs, and then you got the Chargers over the – I got the Chargers over the Cardinals at minus 210. So that makes it a plus, you know, plus 1,100 bet. So 10 points. Um, I mean, it's multiples. So $10. Let's see, $10. See, I can't bet anymore because I used all my betting money on um, – I used all my betting money on um, soccer for the World Cup. So – I can't bet anymore right now. All my money's tied up, but ten oh, bucks. That's right. We were we were texting off Mike about that. I forgot. I forgot you were doing that. <laughs> ten bucks gets you. Uh, ten bucks gets you a hundred hundred and twenty, um, basically for uh, placing those bets. So that's Jimmy B's long shot of the week uh, parlay. Uh, once again, Ravens to win, Giants to cover, or Giants with the points, Lions with the points. Uh, Buccaneers to win, Kansas City to win, and Los Angeles Chargers to win. So that's what I'm going here. I wasn't really prepared. The specials, though, the, the specials this week are funny, but they're not high odds. But um, what's, what's the funniest one then? Just for, just for giggles, what is it? Um, so will Zach Wilson be the starting QB for all remaining New York Jets games? No. 
and no is minus 130 and yes is minus 110. So like there's well, no that's, token. That's a vague way to put it because that doesn't imply it, it would have been more interesting bet if it was, is he going to be benched this week and the rest of the year? Like if, the, if he's going to get permanently benched this week, because yeah. no, no saying just at some point he's going to not start for one. Of course he's not. He Have you seen how Zach Wilson's been playing? Of course he's going to get benched eventually. It's a, it should be a matter of if he's going to get benched this week or next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, also you can bet on uh, the special is that Zach Wilson will, be, will start game one of the 2023 regular season for the New York Jets. So. Something something's very wrong if he is. Something's yeah. very very wrong if he is. He, he's not very good. So uh, he yeah. when you when you go in front of the mic. Did you see his presser by the way? Yeah, I, I I've seen some of his pressers. He's not a good. He doesn't seem like he'd be a good teammate. The the specific one from this week when he was asked point blank, do you think you let your defense down? And he just straight up, without hesitation, no, no, I don't think I did. <laughs> Dude, it was three. three to, it was three to three. You completed nine passes for seventy-seven yards, and you should have had three picks. They had two yards of offense in the second half. Bro, yeah, you did. You need a you need to take a humility lesson from somebody that's lost and watch a couple pressers. Like, oh yeah. my god. Where, I mean. You yeah. went to you went to uh, BYU and you have this little humility. What? Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I don't know. About, that was that was embarrassing to me. Yeah, that that is embarrassing. You and also some long shots you can still get. Eagles plus six hundred to win the Super Bowl. 49ers plus six fifty to win the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, uh, some of the betting action has uh, hit on the 49ers due to their recent success and. Uh, Christian McCaffrey because they've obviously gone from they were at plus 1200 at one point now they're plus 650 so people are betting on them um, as well so I love it I love it so yeah so there's Jimmy B's long shots Um, what next Dan next everybody Um, I actually don't have the last thing I usually have up here but there isn't any news so I don't know what news I will find if there is any but uh, while that loads um we take a look ahead at the next week. We already uh, breaking down the schedule. Next week is the start of our three-game home streak. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this for three months. I am so excited that we have these specific three games at home, too. Uh, the first one being the New Orleans Saints. They are coming to town, and Andy Dalton is presumably going to start. It seems like Jameis Winston's been benched for the rest of the year, which we don't have enough time to talk about that. That was a that was a fascinating story to read about uh, for me, but um, a little uh, a little bit of a personal story about um, to fill you in, James, on how big this rivalry has been as of late. I feel like it's justified to call it a rivalry because it's it certainly seemed like for the past decade since that epic playoff match between Drew Brees and. Uh, Alex Smith, that we have been um, uh, we've been playing the Saints very, very, very frequently, and they have always gone down like to the wire. They typically are score or decided in seven or less points. Um, I remember the one Saints game while well, I was still living in Florida. I, I can't remember what year it was. Maybe twenty fourteen or fifteen. The game was decided because. Drew Brees got called, uh, or he got a penalty uh, drawn on him for, uh, I think it was Ahmad Brooks, hit him way too hard. And there in the slow-mo, it looked like his neck turned into a cartoon characters. So they give the Saints 15 yards, and then they score, and then they win the game. And then uh, not too long after that, um, oh, I, I came in. Uh, uh, during our Super Bowl run in the Superdome, that epic shootout between Drew Brees and Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the game that was decided by this massive bomb to to George Kittle, and then he knocks like three players off of him and two players dogpile on him, and he still ends up going for so, so many yards. Um, and then we the game's decided there. 
So I just I'm not gonna recap every other game. Just like those those three games all stand into my mind as like I don't know. It's it seems like it's always an epic matchup between us and the Saints. We've managed to it's seeming like every other year or a couple times it was back to back years, but um, at least when Drew Brees was on the team, it was always an epic game with the Saints. I don't think that's going to be the case this time. I'm feeling a little chipper. I'm feeling a little cocky. I think we should be able to handle the Saints very, very well. That defense has a lot of holes in it. They have talent, but they also have as many holes as they have talent. Uh, Andy Dalton is not the red rifle anymore. Um, Michael Thomas literally has played 10 games in three years. He's not going to be playing. Alvin Kamara, we have the best running game in the league, or run-stopping defense in the league. I'm not worried about Alvin Kamara. And we're we're coming back home. That team is going to, or that crowd is going to be so energized that we came back from Mexico with a win. I I don't know. I I I pray for the Saints. I I really don't think they have. I don't know. I really don't think they have a shot. Call me cocky, but I think this should be an easy win. Oh yeah. I mean, the Saints are atrocious. Um, they really yeah, really kicking don't. the crap out of the Rams doesn't really mean much. <laughs> And the they beat the Raiders too. Like, come on! Like, Ooh, here's your medal for beating the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Saints aren't that good. They're going to need to get a quarterback. What? Guess what? They don't have a number one pick um, this year because they gave it to the Eagles. So, yeah, I don't. I mean, the Saints are bad. They're probably going to continue to be bad. Um, so I don't I don't see the 49ers are just a much better team than the Saints and they should come out of here with a win and we say should because anything can happen on any given Sunday but I mean naturally yeah they should I mean I think I think we're gonna kick the shit out of them just like we we just kicked the excuse me earmuffs <laughs> it's like we kicked the shit out of the uh, Cardinals so yeah they're they. I don't know. They have so many problems and I feel bad. For, I do feel bad for their coach. Like just the, the, I feel bad for any coach that's in a situation like he's in. He, he has to t- fill in the role for Sean Payton. He doesn't have near the talent that Sean Payton did. He doesn't have Drew Brees. He had Jameis Winston, but now he's decided to bench Jameis Winston. Is he really worse than Andy Dalton? I, I didn't think so, but apparently they do. And I'm not in their locker room, so I don't know, but no, it's, um, it's going to be a 4:30 East Coast, 1:30 West Coast, uh, probably game of the week. I would be surprised if uh, Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart did not call this game because it is. It says 4:25 Fox here on my here on my screen, so we'll probably have the A-listers on this one. Sure, I, I guess the scheduled makers thought that this was going to be a better game than it was to send the A-listers out for this, but uh, hey, that's foresight or foresight. Hindsight is 2020. I'm getting tired and getting tongue-tied. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's our that's our that's our game on Sunday, uh, the 27th. We'll be hosting the New Orleans Saints on the Fox Game of the Week. Uh, James, let everybody know where they can reach out to us in the meantime. Well, also I should remind you that not only is the Saints game uh, this week, uh, but when we cover the Saints game uh, next week, uh, Monday. Uh, we are going to have a very special guest, Trevor, super fan, to talk to us about the upcoming game for the following week against the Miami Dolphins. Right, Dan? That's uh, I, in the midst of the stuff I was working on, I forgot that uh, we had that set. And yes, the Dolphins is in two weeks. Next week is the Saints. Two weeks is the Dolphins. So next week, when we when you hear our show, we'll hear we'll hear we'll get the coverage of the Saints game. And then we're also going to have a special guest who Trevor is a big Miami fan, follows the team. We're going to have him on the show, a little talking with the enemy before the game to see how this game plays out and to maybe uh, give us a little insight on how the 49ers can beat the Dolphins. But now, if you are trying to get instant access to our show or would like instant access to our show, then you can go to patreon.com slash Ninernuts and you can contribute Instant access for $5 a month gets you instant access to our show. We record on Mondays, release the show on Wednesdays. You'll get it on Monday as soon as it records and Dan puts it up onto Patreon. Get that there. We also have a couple other tiers which come with guest appearances and merchandise, so check that out at Patreon.com. If you want to reach us out on Twitter, we are at NinerNuts on Twitter. Uh, we also have email. If you give us a five-star review on someplace like Spotify 
or another platform that doesn't actually let you write a review um, and you want to leave one there and then tell us how you like the show, you can email us at 49ernuts at gmail.com. That's 49ernuts at gmail.com. You can also, uh, if you want to talk to us, to have ideas for the show, or, you know, just want to say hi, reach out to us at 49ernuts at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook, uh, Niner Nuts on Facebook. Um, we like to thank Daniel Mayer and Mayer Creative for our logo. Dan, is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, just thank you so much all again for the patience. Uh, again, we were, so we're sorry we couldn't talk about the Chargers game, but uh, but no, some you know some things are bigger than football, and uh, a lot of bigger things happen for me. So I appreciate the patience and thank you for coming back for this week. And we're going to be here the rest of the season. Uh, I was checking on Odell Beckham watch because that is happening right now. He presumably is going to be signing with the team uh, here in the next couple days, at least as of uh, the 22nd when we're taping this, he has not signed with the Cowboys. Let's be real. He's probably going to sign with the Cowboys. He has not signed with them yet. And no surprise team has come out yet, but Odell watch is alive and well, he presumably will be on a team. He might even be on a team when you're listening to this. So just, uh, yeah, we're taping this on 22nd and no update on that yet. Uh, so yeah, that's all I got. Okay, guys. Well, that's it for our show. River Road by Justin Youth. Outro music. Beat the Saints. See you next week. River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song, River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long.